We are delving. It's a hard thing that we're trying to do, right? We're trying to completely shift our access to one of looking at ourselves in terms of our attributes and possessions and physical appearance as being fundamental, fundamental um, representations of who we are. And we're saying none of those things are really fundamental to ourselves. The only thing which is fundamental self is the one thing that we can't see. <laughs> the thing which is really makes us who we are is the part of us which is invisible. Roya ve'enoi nire sees but cannot be seen. It's bechadrech adorim. It's in the room of rooms. The, the point, the, 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 the deepest point of who we are is something which is everything that we, we can't see. It's a very difficult thing to to imagine that the essence of who we are begins where begins where everything else stops. In other words, what we said is that a person is not defined. We said the Malbim said means the entirety of your intellect with your brain. In other words, you have to give that up. You have to give up you have to give up your body and your being. You have to give up you have to give up all your possessions. Meaning, if you have to give those things up, there's something behind it that's giving them up. There's a point which is not anything that you can feel or experience in your being. There's a point which is which is not your way you think, it's not the way you talk, it's not the way you are, it's not the way you look, it's not what you have. There's something which is underneath all of that, and that's the essence, because everything else can come and go. The proof is that given a situation where it's demanded of you to give up your life, your property, your intellect, you have to do so. It's even, it's even slightly deeper than this, this hinges on, on the idea of Shabbos. Because interesting, Shabbos is often referred to as a time of return. A lot of the different times discuss the idea of Shabbos being a sense of return in different ways, deeper ways. But if you think about it, in the Mizmor Shiliyama Shabbos, it's a very, very strange Mizmor. Um, a Mizmor is a song, and a Shir is a song. Mizmor Shiliyama Shabbos. Now, if I asked you a question, I would say to you, gentlemen, what is the topic of the song of Shabbos? We'll all be singing, singing the song of Shabbos. So I would think that the majority of the content of this capital, of this chapter, would revolve around Shabbos. The only thing which revolves around Shabbos or discusses or mentions Shabbos in the entire Mizmor is the title. And beyond that point, the topic has seemingly absolutely no relevance to Shabbos at all. None. What does it discuss? It discusses two contrasting themes. It discusses light and darkness. It discusses kindness, severe judgment. It discusses morning and evening. To give hoidah means acknowledgement, recognition. 
ולזמר לשמחו עליון. להגיד בבוי כחסדיכו, in the morning you should say חסד, ואמונוסכו בלילה, and in the darkness you should have faith. The contrast between the morning, everything is clear, everything is bright, it's visible, you can completely see the kindness of Hashem in your life. And then you go into the night time and everything is dark and you can't see anything and it's all one big mist and everything makes no sense. means when I admit, I can recognize, I can see, I can, I can acknowledge. Lezamer means, has a different <coughs> connotation to singing, it also has a connotation of cutting off. That's why it's used to prune, Is also called lezamer. So, there's more. So you see that the idea of there's a song that you can sing and there's a declaration that you can make. There's this contrast between understanding, light. Remember what we said is that intellectually understanding is synonymous to physical seeing. When you are sighted, you're able to get a sense of what's in front of you because your eyes have the ability to pick up the external parameters of the given objects within view. And therefore you can differentiate between things and understand what's in front of you. Clarity of vision. Intellectual clarity of vision is you understand how all the parts of the piece fit together. They're precisely defined. Physical darkness when you can't see what's going on, you may see a shape here and a shape here, but you don't get a sense of what's going on. Intellectual darkness is when you can't put together the ideas. In the Mizmashel and Mashabas, you have both. You have Lhoidus Hashem, understand, Baboike Chastecho, Vemunos Chabalelis, and then there's darkness. There's darkness. You see Rishoim spreading out, flourishing. The world, you look at the world and evil flourishes and you can't understand it. You don't know why it is. That's darkness. Lishan Damadead, but they ultimately destroyed his light. The idea of Shabbos is as follows. Shabbos is a mitzvah which was given with a intrinsic duality. Zohar Vashamu was said in one single pronouncement. Zohar, remember the Shabbos. Shomer, guard the Shabbos. Zohar is a positive commandment. Shomer is a negative commandment. Both were said simultaneously. In a person's movement, in mitzvahs, there are two directions he can go. The positive commandments are an outward movement, emotionally and internally. The negative commandments are an inward movement. The positive commandments flow out, spread. The negative commandments restrict. One is called hispashtus and one is called tzimtzum. Tzimtzum is a limitation. When I go past something that I'm not allowed to do, I hold myself back. When I go past a person that I'm meant to assist him, I extend myself towards. Extension, contraction. Extension, contraction. Positive extension, negative contraction. Extension, contraction. Contraction is I pull myself back from. 
extension is I give myself over towards. These two movements of self parallel the two primary attributes of my connection to the Creator. Ahava, love, extending myself, reaching out, going towards. The desire for the Beloved, pulling back. The awe, the trepidation of the Creator. Ahava, extension. Yira, contraction. Ahava. Zohar, extension. Shavuot, contraction. Shabbos synergizes the two different dimensions of Avodah Hashem, the Ava and the Yira, the Mitzvah Sesei and the Mitzvah Loisai. But Dibur Echad Nemo, they were said together, because Shabbos comes at a strange point, if you look at it. The Shabbos comes at the point when the world stopped expanding. The world got bigger and bigger and bigger, as it were. More and more things were added into it. At that moment, when the world stopped expanding, the visible expansion of the world came to an end. And then, Bar Shabbos Bar Menucha. Shabbos came and Menucha came. A new thing was introduced into the world which was nothing new. It was a... It was a restriction which expanded. The restriction of the world that stopped it from moving on expanded the next day into Shabbos. That strange paradox. That the point of expansion was the same point of contraction. Now, the importance of this notion is that the movements of extension, contraction, Avo and Yira, Chesed and Din, Boiker and Erev, these contrasting themes fall into the same category of Shmaiser Hashem Lekein Hashem Echod. The Shabbos is a declaration, the return to, of the oneness. In the oneness, there's no room for complexity. It's absolute simplicity. In that world of absolute simplicity, when a person goes back to the source, so then one, the, one, the oneness reigns. In Shabbos, a person realizes the consistent theme in all elements of his being. In all elements of his being, there are two movements. The moving out and the moving back in. These function on the physical, the emotional, and the intellectual level. On the physical level. So when you extend yourself for someone, so that's a positive commandment. You do an action. A negative commandment is when you physically stop moving. You don't go beyond the border when it's Shabbos, for example. On an emotional level, on the level of ruach, of interaction, you say things to people to assist them and encourage them, and you don't say other things because they would be harmful. On an intellectual level, where do you contract your mind and where do you expand your mind? Your mind is expanded when it comes to what you can grasp and understand, and your mind contracts when it gets to a point 
when you can't grasp. It's beyond your comprehension. How can it be? When a person functions in the world of Torah, you realize that the giving up of your entirety of self from possessions to body to emotion to intellect is not a possible one of occurrence if a person demands you to transgress one of the three cardinal veras where you'd have to give up your life. But rather, it's a daily experience of who we are as people. And it's a weekly celebration of the point of internality that we have to get to. On Shabbos, because the movement is two-dimensional, going backwards and forwards, because you have to do and then you have to stop doing, you have to extend yourself in your eating and the suda and the tainug of Shabbos, and you have to resist from Malacha. You have to understand that in the world itself, there's a part of the world which is light, and there's a part of the world that is dark. In my life, there's a part of the world, part of my life which is dark, and there's a part of my life which is light. And you have to realize that that both of these components form part of a complete whole. But, how does it work? If I can't understand it, so it can't be part of the whole. That's when I give up my intellect. But I want to do it, and I resist. That's when I give up my action. The entirety of Shabbos is showing that the external manifestations of myself, going from my intellect downwards all the way to my possession, are not intrinsic to my being. On the contrary, those are the things which are in ebb and flow and fluid. But the core of who I am doesn't budge one inch, because it's the absolute simplicity of self, which is totally indestructible and connects to the Creator completely. Now, trying to strive for knowledge and connection to that part of self is a very difficult thing. Because on the one hand, it's the most powerful part of who I am. It is more essential than anything else that I have. On the other hand, it is so camouflaged and clouded by all the other physical stuff, intellectual stuff, emotional stuff, that I'm projecting that to access it becomes a difficult and often distant voyage. How do we begin that voyage to try to break away all the layers of self which are meant there to be as vessels of expression and instruments of doing to manifest that purity of self? How do I begin to find that elusive ethereal, absolute simple, simple, absolutely simple being. How do, I, how do I begin to experience it? It seems to be beyond the realm of experience because I think that my experience stops with my intellectual grasp of what it is. How can I experience something that I can't put into words and fit into some type of category that has an associated logic to it. So that's where the search for self ironically becomes frustrated. So we have to find a way of going beyond that. Now, to try to discover it through any of the methods that we know of, we can't dig for it physically, can't buy it. 
we can't feel it emotionally because it's beyond and we can't think it so we get stuck you have the problem you, you, have, you have the problem so we have to how, how do you how do you how do you get there and it's a mitzvah to give it as it says after Hashem lekecho b'chol levavcho b'chol nafshcho b'chol meidecho question how come you're highlighting this on Shabbat if you know like you just quoted uh, the Shema we should this a realization that should be elucidated twice a day every day like what's the what's the special What's the difference between the Shema, Twice a Day, and Shabbat? Because in the Shema, you you hammer home idea. On Shabbos, you live it. You are put into a world on Shabbos that your normal vehicles of expression are no longer useful. You can't use your hands to, you can't use anything, your intellect, your body, your emotions to build the world in the physical sense. So it's almost as if the thrust of the day forces you inwards. You can't get lost in the material because there's nothing you can do materially in a creative sense. So you have to force yourself to engage on a deeper level which is beyond again here we get stuck are you feeling stuck Alex? I'm just I'm kind of confused with uh, I mean intellect like I mean you know you use let's say one of the deepest possible things you can do is like learn Torah and I mean in order to do that you have to use your intellect how do you use your intellect as in learning Torah to internalize you can't to touch into your in other words even the intellectual component of Torah is not the essence right the Torah also has a body and a neshama. The body are the ideas, and the neshama is what's inside that. <laughs> so is, is your inner, like your inner essence that you try to touch, is it at all related to Torah? I mean, I know it's related to God, but if God created the Torah, which is a physical thing, how can you... It's a good question. How those two things match up? Why do you say it's a physical thing? I mean, obviously the text is, because it goes through your, it goes through your animal. It's a construct. It's a construct. The Torah is a construct. It's a creation. The Torah is a creation. It has parameters. It's not something which is totally. Yeah. The world was created with the Torah, though. Okay, but the Torah is also created. John Sandra Boyce, are we? This is this is a, this is probably the most central nakuda that we have to figure out about ourselves. And it's so elusive. So there are different ways you can do it. One of the simplest ways. Is thinking about your thoughts. <laughs> Not thinking about your thoughts, but seeing them. In other words, if you can see your thoughts, it means that you, you're beyond them. You get a sense. I don't know if that's a deeper sense of self, but it's getting closer. When you have an awareness of the thoughts going through your brain. So then you're no longer your thoughts, but you're aware of the thoughts. So then you're very taken one step back. 
we, we all, again, the, we, the, the refinement of self starts, starts from a very primitive way and then it develops. People who are completely unrefined, so they, they can't differentiate, differentiate between their possessions and themselves. More refined, they can differentiate their possessions are not them, but their body is them. More refined, they realize their body is not them, but their emotions are them. More refined, your emotions are you, are not you, but your intellect is you. More refined, even your thoughts aren't yours. Aren't, aren't you. It's, it's but is there any you left? If, if everything you, att- you attribute to some external force, Hashem or environment or whatnot, then what do you have left of yourself? Not the external force, your kli, your instrument. You have a kli. But the kli isn't even mine. I'm not even my vessel. You are entrusted with a specific key that only you have given the right to use. Been given the right to use. But I'm not. E- I, I am You're not the key. Even my key. No, you can use the key. You've been entrusted to use the key. You've been given a job to do with the kalim that you have, and no one else has that job. So I'm basically. So the then the I yourself. is basically the custodian of everything that contains. That's within right. The That's right. That's right. That's right. So. So then, what is then the eye's duty as custodian? To utilize the key to the nth degree. As an expression of, that, that, that's why it becomes quite complicated practically, as an expression of the will of Hashem. So, in other words, I'm just keeping the machine well oiled and so it keeps running. No, you do much more than that. You're applying it to its ultimate use. So am I driving then, or? Driving. Okay, so I'm driving and maintaining the the vehicle, the Kli, in order so that it can reach its final destination. So, so you can you can utilize it for max for its maximum potential. In other words, which is let's say, mm-hmm. let, let's bring it down into a much more tangible level. Yeah. You've got an, a great intellect. So through your intellect, you can study a, a verse in Chumash, mm-hmm. and come up with an insight, which is which is brilliant and extremely helpful to all those around you. So what you've now done is you've used your intellect, which is only a clear, it's not you, mm. it's something that you can use yes, to expose goodness in the world. You can use that same key to evaluate situation where you see that there's, for example, there's a story, so there's some people who are geniuses in chesed. They use their brains to, to see what people lack and then come up with schemes to give them the lacking in the most dignified fashion. About the Chassam Sofer. A woman came to him, she was recently widowed, and she said, I don't know what to do. Now, what he could have done is he could have taken out a handful of money and said, Listen, yeah, go support, go, go buy what you need. Instead, he said, well, What is your talent? So she said, Well, I'm actually quite good at baking. He said, Fine, I want to go into business with you. I'm going to invest in the business this amount, and he gave her a sizable amount, and I want you to start baking and selling it, and we'll split the profits. And he said, And Get onto it because I'm a serious investor. So now that's 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 an en- element of genius. A person who's just good-hearted. So he's like, oh, well, sure. They give a man a it's first like the highest form of chesed, isn't it? In other words, in a, such a way that it wasn't just a gen- generic ab, uh, but he understood. He grasped from what she needed for her whole rehabilitation from her wi- being widowed, and he put in a situation that she was productive, she was doing something, and she was generating a wow. panosa for herself. So that's that's called genius in chesed. <coughs> You have to be ingenious in case. That means you're using both your heart and your intellect in a highly sophisticated way. But those are manifesting a higher power. That higher power is the godliness inside, which is indefinable. 
doesn't ultimately fit into any kind of mold. So every time you do that, it allows that inner light to come out through your utilization properly of your kalim. So it's, it's a very different, it's a shift of who you are. You try to use what you have, you're not what you are. But yourself is way behind everything, it's way about. This is not an easy sukkah, and I can't profess to have a great amount of clarity in it. But, uh, then what's the, I, I think you're highlighting a, a great point, but this also brings a problem with things like wearing tzitzit and putting on tefillin and all these things that are literally external of you. If all we're supposed to do is get into the depths of our, the, sorry, not the depths, into the awareness of the kli that we are, and to utilize that, what is this expression of physical... Um, On the contrary, it's, it's, a me- it's a mechanism of doing it. In other words, like this. I have to use even my physical possessions as a vehicle for the expression of the ultimate good. Everything. Everything is there to express the ultimate good. Every single thing I've been given is used as a tool to express the ultimate good. Okay. okay? There's nothing that isn't. That's why, interesting point. We maybe said this before. Why is it the mission paper always says Shali Shali Vishlach Shlach is Midas Toim? What is mine is mine, and what is yours is yours. That's the worst attribute. That's a, that's a, the attributes of, of Sodom and Gomorrah that they were destroyed right off the earth. So if Tesla says the reason is because the what's mine is mine, what's yours is mine. No, that's a Russia. That's a Russia. What's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, which is seemingly very very strict letter of the law. It's considered terrible, terrible trait. Wow, what's so terrible about it? It's following the letter of the law. Rav Desi explains that a person's given, this person's given an income of a thousand dollars. When Hashem, through his guidance, gives him that amount, he earmarks a hundred dollars of that to Tzedakah. Another twenty dollars to your nephew who needs a um, a new hat. Um, he, another thirty dollars for a present to buy a bunch of flowers to your wife. In other words, even in what you have, each part of your possession has a specific purpose and design on it, and it's for other people. It's to be utilized for other people. Now, if you all of a sudden say, "Listen, it's my thousand dollars. I'm keeping it for myself," so that's a terrible, terrible thing. That's that, that, that's akin to heresy meaning I'm in charge of my money. And then Rav Desa said, and my father used to say that even true of your smile, even your smile was given to you for other people. Meaning, to be used. So why don't more from you smile randomly? Because <laughs> <laughs> it it's is a bit of a very, very, very... Maybe it's you, Jeremy. They smile at me. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta smile, man. I do smile. Have you tried smiling? People look at me like I'm crazy. Well, again, maybe you should... <laughs> well, if you walk around like this all the time. <laughs> do you shake up and down when you smile as well? That could be problematic. <laughs> so, everything that person's given, this is just another way of expressing <laughs> the idea. Do you follow me? Another way of expressing the idea is that everything you have, your athletic ability, your intellectual ability, your oratory skills, your kindnesses, your physical legs, your toes, your money, everything is there to be used. It's not there to be had, it's there to be used. 
It's a completely different shift of identity of who we are and what we're doing. When you look at that, life is so much bigger. Life is so much lighter. You don't get caught up in the cleat. Arms. You don't get caught up in the... You move beyond it. You become a big person. Become beyond. You become transcendent. And then you become again. The tachlis of a Jew is to live in Olam in Olam You're meant to transcend here and now. Not that after you die, transcend here and now. You should be living an eternal life right the second. Okay, the question is we'd have to discuss steps. One of the first steps to take, practically speaking, when a person can do this, is in prayer. We completely <coughs> underutilize Tfila. Standing in Tfila, now, you can do a small meditation. And in Tfila, you see how the entirety of your being, you are expressing it as a Kli. How so? Your body is positioned in a certain way, that your legs are together, you are standing in a particular position, straight in front of Hashem. So you're already saying the body position, my legs, my arms, my torso, my head, the way it's bowed, and when I bow down specifically, is moving in the direction of the will of Hashem. My mind is conceiving and thinking about the thoughts which my mouth is about to say, which are connecting me to my Creator. And I'm dressed appropriately with my possessions in order to stand before the king. So my possessions, my body, my emotions, feeling, connection, my understanding are all now focused in the direction of something which is above and beyond my physical being. So at that point in Twitter, I have a capacity of transcendence. In the words of the author of the Shulchan Aruch, this is called Hispashtus Agashmis. You cast off your physical form. Because at that point in time, when I've allocated and I've specified that every part of my being is now utilized in service of Hashem, so then the part which is above and beyond all that becomes prevalent. And that's the point of connection in Trilla to the Gator. That's a practical exercise. When you stand up in, in prayer, focus on that. Focus from the clothes you're wearing to your body standing in that position to your words being said and felt as you say them, to what your mind is thinking about, and then you'll have a moment in your day that is purely transcendent. Practically speaking, and you can work on connecting to a part of yourself which doesn't get caught up in the confusing notion of I am my Kli. When you're not your Kli, your Kli is here. Are you following me, Rabbi Sai? Okay, I, po- I apologize deeply for judging by your non plus reaction. I apologize for, again, <coughs> boring you. Um, but then think about it, that this kind of listening to this and, and just sitting here in this room will be some form of kapora for you. And <laughs> in these days leading up to the Day of Judgment, you need to suffer. Plus you're, tone for you're not boring us, you're blowing our cleats. <laughs> <laughs> your essence is transcended anyway. Yeah.